Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharing Everything, the only show wherein we uh, share the movies that we love. <laughs> I mean, really, that's the truth, isn't it? It's, it's, the, on, it's the only show where, where Katie Balecki and Joe Balecki get together and share movies that they love. Yep. Hence the name of the podcast. Just go ahead and get that microphone right up in your face. It feels too close. Well, it's not. Okay. Hi, I'm Katie. Hello, Katie. <laughs> what movie did we watch this time around? The Game. We watched Thug Aim, the movie, about uh, a couple gangsters. No. Doing gangstery things. No, you must have watched that Hol- one Holding without their me. guns sideways. No. Oh, we watched The Game. The Game. With Michael Douglas. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, anyone who listened to the last episode is totally blindsided by this choice. Yeah. Yes. They never would have guessed. Never. Not in a million billion years. What's this movie about? How did, how did it come to... Uh, why is it a movie? Well, it's a movie because those people decided to make it and to a movie format and it became a movie uh so you decided to have us watch this movie after we went to the theater recently and watched game night game night which we both thoroughly enjoyed yeah so i was pleasantly surprised at the quality of that film it was really good it was really funny it was funnier than i was expecting and even i even wanted to see it yeah. And you were just like, all right, we can see it. However, when we left the movie theater, you said this movie was like a funny version of the game, a more serious movie, the game. Yeah. And the game is the more serious movie yes. of Game Night, yes. which is the funny version. Yes. So you decided that your next movie was going to be the game. So we watched the game, mm-hmm. which is the movie we're talking about right now. Indeed. Uh, and uh, I guess I should probably talk about what it's about very briefly don't please don't try to get into all the twists and turns okay uh, give me the elevator pitch for this movie okay so this guy he's like a business dude mm-hmm. he's a rich guy yeah <laughs> it sounded like you were going to uh validate every one of my thoughts after i was gonna say them if that's what you need darling i can do that for you so this rich guy He's mm-hmm. a okay, enough of that. All he's right. a businessman. He's uh his birthday, it's his 48th birthday. His brother who seems rather estranged from him comes to him at a restaurant and talk about his birthday, gives him this little card, a mysterious card, uh and says, "This place changed my life. Go do it." So the guy reluctantly goes to this place. Turns out it's like a like an immersive life game yeah. company who mm-hmm. does this for people. You have to like take a test and sign up and go through a screening process and blah, blah, blah. Uh, dude gets told that he was not accepted into the game. Mm-hmm. He starts freaking out. Uh, but his, he, his life gets twist turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh things happen and then it ends and things happen okay yep there we go i did it did you like it uh it's been it's been a couple days since we've seen it i liked the idea of it not so much the execution not so much the execution what about the execution did not work for you and will you please go on a 45-minute, very loud, angry <laughs> rant about it so that I feel less like an asshole? You should listen to last week's episode, everybody. Katie got real mad at me, and you can hear it. Could you hear it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> the look on your face. It's like the angriest you've ever been. Like, like, I finally got to my final point, and I was like, yeah, right? And you're just like, okay. 
wanted to talk. I know. And then I was like, so what do you want to say? Like, like, would you have anything to say about that? And you're like, no. It's like, okay, I guess we should just go into trivia then, right? And you're like, well, I had something I wanted to say. And I was like, okay, say it. And you're like, no, trivia time. <laughs> Gonna pout because you didn't want Anne Hathaway to die. No, because I had so many things I wanted to talk about, but you wouldn't let us. That's what I was upset about. Anyway. Yeah, but then I said, please tell me about the things, and you decided to pout. Because <laughs> you were gonna just invalidate all of them. Not necessarily. Anyway, let's talk about this movie. Yeah, what didn't you like about this movie that I wanted you to watch because I like it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> do we need to go to couples therapy? This is couples therapy. Is it? Yes. Oh. Alright. Um. So, I really liked... When you told me what this movie was, I was really excited because we had just watched Game Game Night and I was like, yeah, I liked that. I enjoy movies that play with a character's perception of their own life. Mm-hmm. I when I was a kid, I really liked the movie The Truman Show. Oh. Um so reality versus perceived reality versus everything is fake kind of thing yeah so the game is is on the spectrum of murder mystery dinner theater and the truman show this is closer to the truman show yeah but only for like a couple days Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i was really excited to watch this movie um but i was somewhat disappointed um i guess maybe i misspoke when i said I didn't like the execution of it because I thought it was an okay, like, it was a well-crafted movie, I guess. It's directed by David Fincher, so that's kind of that a given. doesn't really mean anything to me, but okay. Uh, I mean, I've heard the name, but I don't really know him, what he does. He did Gone Girl. Oh, okay, that guy. And, and he directed at least the first episode of Mindhunter. Oh, that's and right. And he was the executive producer for the whole thing. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen his other movies. He did Seven, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think I did see that. Did you? I think. Okay, it's got um. That's, is that the, that's the, the What's in the Box movie? Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, Brad Pitt. No, uh, I've seen parts of it. Oh, you gotta watch the whole thing. I don't know if we can now. Are we allowed to see it? Because Kevin Spacey's in that movie. Nope. So Veto. we're not allowed to nope. see it. Nope. Even nope. even nope. though he's nope 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 okay. nope 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 nope. Um. Uh, I thought it was a touch too long. I think you could say that about damn near everything David Fincher has ever done. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a little too long. There were some parts that were incredibly slow. Like the beginning. Yeah, I felt like we could have gotten much more into the game part of the game. Like, at a quicker speed. Yeah, but I, like... So that's an interesting question, is when do you think the game begins? Does it begin when, um, was that Sean Penn yeah. who played his brother? When, mm-hmm. when Sean Penn gives Michael Douglas the, the card? Does it start when he signs the forms? I think the game begins the moment he decides that he's going to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Because for a while, it seemed like he was just going to brush it off. Be like, hey, thanks, brother. You got me a birthday gift that's absolutely worth nothing. Uh, Serves me right because you're still a screw up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he could have just thrown it away, which I think we see him almost doing that. Or am I making that up? I don't remember exactly. There's a lot of minutia in this movie that I need to watch the movie a dozen more times to fully grasp. Um, yeah, I'd say the game begins the moment he decides that it's a possibility for him to actually go through with. Interesting. Um, but, all right, I guess I kind of want to get into what I didn't like Please. about the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you've earned it. Thank you. Um, I, it's, I, ugh, I don't know how to say this because I really disliked the premise of this movie, even though I was so excited about it. No, you just spent 10 minutes telling me that you did. I, no, I, 
enjoyed the premise of the movie. I disliked... Stop it. I know I'm contradicting myself left and right and up and down. Um, (laughs) Thank you for illustrating that. (laughs) No, I'm just hiding behind my microphone and peeking out at you. Oh, how cute. Uh, (laughs) um, I... I liked the premise of this movie for reasons I have already stated. Mm-hmm. I did not like the the direction that this movie took with what it subverted my expectations, but not in a good way. Um, I hated the brother. I hated Sean Penn. Yeah, didn't like him. Hated the. I hated the main character, but I think I hated the brother more. Interesting. Um, because why would you do this to somebody? Why would you set up a game to screw with your brother's head, mess up his life, put him in physical, real, mortal danger? Why would you do that on his birthday, which just so happens to be the birthday that their father had, like, age-wise, his father was on his 48th birthday when he jumped off the roof. Mm-hmm. And the main character is turning 48. And he seems to be very unhappy with his life. So why would the brother do this and screw with his brain and make him think his life is falling apart on his birthday just for kicks and giggles? Why would you do that? Why? The brother was a psychopath. I don't care that he thought it would be cool. Take him to like an escape room or something. Like, what are you doing to your brother? I don't understand why anyone would think this would be a good idea. And I'm all for immersive stuff like this. Like, I would love to do something like the game, not to this like level, but like a Truman Show type thing. That's like, that would be so cool. I know that sounds dumb, but I think it would be really cool to have your life kind of be orchestrated for you in that way but like this felt like it crossed every single line that it could have crossed i hated it i hated that his brother did this to him even though i hated him too you can't try to play a game with somebody's life you can't do that i don't understand why he had to do it to the extent that he had to do it why couldn't it have been a one-day thing or a haha weekend kind of thing? Why did it have to be his entire freaking life that he screwed up just for this big reveal at the end that it was a surprise party when he jumped off the freaking roof just like his dad did on his 48th birthday? Why? And the brother planned for that to happen because he had the airbag all set up when the, for when he jumped off the roof. Why would you want to bring your brother to the brink of having to jump off the roof on his birthday? Why would you do that to somebody? That is messed up. Especially if you'll remember the the final motivation for him to jump off the he building. He shot his brother! Why would they do this? Why? He made him think that he murdered his own brother on his birthday, the same birthday his father killed himself on, and then set it up so he felt like his only option was to jump off a roof and become a self-fulfilling prophecy just like his dad did. Oh my god, why would you do that? It made me so mad. I was into it up until I realized what was happening. I didn't like it. It could have been so cool. It could have been a fun movie. It could have even been a serious movie. And I would have still enjoyed it if they did not do it in this way. That is mental manipulation to the point of making you think that jumping off a roof is your only option that is not a fun party game (sighs) i'm so upset about it i had forgotten how upset i was about it (laughs) anyway (laughs) would you care to say anything (laughs) this is the happiest i've been in a long time (laughs) why I don't know, but my face hurts from smiling so much. <laughs> you it's have great. Been very smiling. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having a real good time. Well, because this is the biggest reaction you've gotten out of a movie I selected for you. <laughs> that can't be true. Absolutely, it is. <laughs> what? At, at least, at least with regard to this podcast. I mean, because you've watched things that have 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 disturbed you more, but you you've never gone on a 15 minute rant about <laughs> Eraserhead. Oh my because God. when I mention Eraserhead, you just shut down. You're just like, no, no. 
No, that's not going to happen. Because I thought that this movie was going to be (laughs) good, I guess. Like, I understand it's an objectively good movie, probably. But, like, (sighs) why? It's... (sighs) So, I guess, maybe. I kind of want to get to the bottom of some things. And so and so I'm wondering maybe maybe we need to cuz there's a lot of things in this movie that the movie does not give you exposition wise mm-hmm. such as the rules for a universe in which this could happen mm-hmm. right aside from rich people be fucking crazy dog <laughs> <laughs> like cuz because if if you're upset by the character drama of it that's kind of what you get from it it's just like yo rich people are whacked out <laughs> because this this almost seems like something that a real rich person could orchestrate S- somebody somebody with with uh ceo hedge fund manager money could totally do this for somebody else mm-hmm. could totally get the actors and everything and we know that at the end of the movie, when Michael Douglas asks Blonde Lady out, uh, she says, I'm going to Melbourne mm-hmm. for, for a, a role. So this is a traveling theater troupe. Mm-hmm. So we need, we need to establish the rules for this universe, at least between you and me. We need to have an understanding of of what is this theater company capable of and what is their ultimate goal. And then what do other games look like? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think that if you have a big enough group of willing participants who are willing to give it their 100% effort to make it look as real as possible, this is totally possible. Okay. So I don't think it has to be any kind of other universe or anything. Okay. I think this could totally happen here and now. Okay. Um, I I, I guess my question is... Because I kind of asked a bunch of questions, yeah. and, and the only one I really wanted answered was the last one. I have a problem with that sometimes. My, I guess my question is, do you think, after watching this film, that all of these games end in an attempted suicide? Do you think there are some of the, here, here's something that happens in a day or a funny weekend, haha. Do you think that the game could be different in in the universe of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel like this particular game that the character was taking part in, and I don't remember his name. Michael Douglas, it's fine. Yeah, that Michael Douglas was subjected to, his brother orchestrated, wrote, said, these are the elements, this is the storyline, this is how I want it to end. Okay, so that's interesting. How, so... Yeah, how much involvement does the person buying the game for the other person have? So, so you think, and and I, I, if I'm correct in my assumption about what it is you think, I would be inclined to agree with you. Are you postulating that the brother orchestrated it for Michael Douglas to shoot him and then try to kill himself? In the aftermath. Like 100%. That, that was the end goal. Okay. Yes. I agree with you. Uh, so, so your problem with the movie is the sort of filial emotional abuse, right? For the most part, yes. Okay. And that is enough to ruin the movie for you? The fact that that is the movie ruins it. I Hmm. wanted it to be something where the game, I feel like, okay, so what is the motivation 
for somebody to want to give this game to somebody. This specific game? No. A game. the game? The game. Okay. A game. What makes somebody say, is it just a, my rich friend has everything, so I want to give them something they don't have, which is this immersive game that's going to make them feel alive or crazy or whatever for a few days. Is Hmm. that the motivation, or is it a different motivation for everyone? I would assume it'd be a different motivation for everybody, because if I had the money and the means, I would totally do something like this for you. It would be a lot more fun for you. Exactly, yeah. But it definitely would include the element of you're not sure if the game is real or not. Yeah. No, I feel like that's part of what makes it cool. Which is going to lead to emotional distress. I don't think it always has to, but because... It takes, it takes a special kind of person to be like, I don't know if this is real or not, but okay. I'm totally cool with it. Hold on, though, because we have to, like, do we know if that whole rigmarole he went through of filling out all the forms and taking all the tests, is that was that specific to his game, or is that what every person who undergoes a game has to do? I imagine that... Every single thing that Michael Douglas did from the moment he received the business card to the end of the film was calculated and planned out by that company. Right. So So, all the forms, the physical, the mental evaluation, while that may be helpful to the company, I would imagine at least in the way it was presented was tailored to Michael Douglas's character, down to the office being under construction, them saying, oh, it's not going to take very long, and it taking all day, to the salesman character um, having Chinese takeout. Right. So then, two things I'd like to say about that. Number one being, so, for... Susie Smith, who gets gifted a game from this company, Mm -hmm. the moment her sister hands her the card and says, Mm -hmm. try this game, it's really cool, and she goes and she signs up for it, it could be like, you know, completely different experience, Mm -hmm. and then my point number two Mm -hmm. is then... Gavin proves my point that the brother is a freaking psychopath because he knew everything that was going to push all his brother's buttons, mm-hmm. put him in the worst mindset and mood possible, mm-hmm. and completely screw up his entire life. And I I don't know if his entire life got screwed up, though. He threw himself off a building. Yeah. That is the definition of your life being screwed up. (laughs) Or feeling like your life is screwed up. Well. That is emotional torture that his brother put him through. I'm I'm wondering if the reason why I'm not so disturbed by that is twofold. A, I, I I watch this movie as less literal and more symbolic. Or two, I am also a psychopath. What? <laughs> what? Be- because, what? so, the movie starts with the, like, 8mm home movie projector mm-hmm. of Michael Douglas's memories of his father, mm-hmm. which is why you get, like, the incomplete pictures, but you see the father on the roof and you see the father on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old adage for overcoming your fears is immersion mm-hmm. uh, where you you know if you're afraid of heights if you're really really afraid of heights go skydiving because then like you shouldn't be afraid of heights anymore I think this movie is is kind of going off of that idea where the the thing that is crippling you mentally you need to face head on. And so the thing that is crippling Michael, uh, Michael Douglas's character is how he barely knew his father, yet he's so much like his father 
and the emotional turmoil of knowing that he's so much like his father and knowing how his father died. Also having a daughter who is close to his age when his father died. He has a daughter? Yeah, because he had the ex-wife who called him on his birthday. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, oh, 1143. And at the end, she was there at the party with her new husband and her daughter. That's his. Pretty sure. I don't recall there being a daughter at all. Yeah, she was holding her. What? Okay. I don't either that either way, that, that part is only yeah. added fuel to the fire. But, so the, the idea is, we need something to, we need something extreme to get Michael Douglas to face these, we'll call them fears, even though I know it's more than that, just because it goes along with my analogy. We need him to face these fears in an extreme way, because they're extreme fears, they're extreme blockages in his life, so he needs to face them in an extreme way. Much like if you're afraid of heights, go skydiving or bungee jumping. Or if you're afraid of the dark, you know, go cave diving, right? Or spelunking, I guess. So, if you're afraid that you are too much like your father, let us put you into a position where you have to confront that by tearing down all of the things in your life that put you or that are contributing to you being in the position that your father was in when he killed himself at the age you are now. So yes, I agree. It's crazy extreme. Maybe not the healthiest way to go about it. But for a movie, really interesting to watch. Because all of the things... I, I, I'll bring up the the scene at, at the beginning when he goes, or I guess not at the beginning, the end of the first act sort of area where he's going to the office building and the dude's there with Chinese takeout. And he's like, can you hold this? And he holds it kind of like this. Like he, he is totally a um, Patrick Bates sort of American psycho-esque character, aside from not being a serial killer, but he's he's of that same world that Ellis wrote about that that sort of I need to be rich because my friends are rich because I'm rich because my friends are rich Mm -hmm. and I need to fit in and I need to be good at making money because that is what we value in my life and then you he's he is progressively dumped into the less standardized organized sort of thing you know and there's there's also cool cool ideas in there like the the housekeeper he has was the same housekeeper that his family had Mm -hmm. so it's possible he's even living in the same house that his father jumped off the top of which is an interesting idea uh like the way that the newscaster guy is trying to get his attention by talking about things happening in the world that are catastrophic because Michael Douglas sneezed or something like that. That that sort of like egotistical idea that he has and it just keeps pushing him lower and lower and lower. It's that very sort of noir idea where it's I'm going to take a character who's already in the gutter and I'm going to just shove him through the sewer. And I think that that's what happened. And I can understand why you would not necessarily like to watch that unfold Mm -hmm. am i making any sense because you're you're just sort of deadpan staring at me no sorry yes i was listening oh (laughs) i might just drop dead from the shock what not you that's the thing i always say at work is if anyone ever listened to me i'd probably just drop dead from the shock you don't say that just at work yeah i know (laughs) i say at home when i'm grumpy Mm mm-hmm uh yes i understand what you're saying uh and i agree there are a lot of cool things about this movie Mm -hmm. um i thought that tv thing with the news anchor i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. um yes i do think he's living in the same house um and obviously he has the same maid um or housekeeper um i 
why his okay i'm gonna keep going back to this that's fine let's 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 bang it out why his brother would think even if okay i'm going off of your immersion therapy for your fears thing okay why would he do that to him on his birthday of all days like i understand the symbolic nature of it yeah but like you have to hate your brother at least a little (laughs) bit to want to do that and like portray it as being a birthday gift that's going to be really awesome because he sells it as this thing was so cool it changed my life it gave me a new perspective i really loved it and then he pulled the rug out from under him when he realizes that this is such a terrible terrible thing (laughs) and you he had the brother has to be some sort of psychopath sociopath or just have utter contempt for his brother in order for that to even be something that you would consider doing to your family. Yes, I agree. I think I think it's pretty clear that the two brothers don't like each other very much and do have that sort of contentious, I'm constantly annoyed by you sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. He has to do it on his birthday or, or it's not whole hog. Um, there was another point you brought up in there that I wanted to try to try to oh oh the it changed my life thing yeah it's an interesting thing because he's so reluctant to do it Mm -hmm. and then he meets the two guys in the bar who have who are actors who have gone through it before and that's that's a line that they keep dropping at him as well is i don't want to tell you too much about my experience but just know that i was reborn Mm -hmm. you know and to go back to our, our old uh, how to read literature like a professor book, mm-hmm. that him crashing through the, the glass yeah. is, is the bapti- baptism mm-hmm. scene, you know? It's not water, but it's clear, it's shimmery, yeah. it, it waves and it crashes down around him, so it's water. Like, that is him being baptized again and becoming a new person. And then he's there with his friends and family and everybody around him and the new friends that he's made and he's you know sort of bathed in all this love much like at least a catholic baptism like that's exactly how that works so yes i agree with what you said with the the symbolic nature of the baptism but it made me think of another thing that really really bothers me which is what is that noise? Uh, I think it's the upstairs washing machine. Oh. I'm not sure if the listeners can hear it, but it's <laughs> the our upstairs neighbors at this apartment complex do not know how to load a washing machine. They can probably hear us. And every time the washing machine runs, we know because it's doing some sort of free jazz drum beat. Got <laughs> yeah. Gene Krupa over here. Just... <laughs> To be That's fair, exactly what it sounds like. To be fair, our fire alarm goes off if <laughs> if if the bathroom is too steamy and we open the door too quickly. So it's it's a symbiotic sort of parasitic relationship that we have. When you were at work last night and I was making dinner, mm-hmm. the smoke detector went off no less than six times in the. 25 minutes it took to bake our chicken and we should also note (laughs) we have never once burnt a meal never in this house never and i'm not just saying like oh no it's not burnt like we have cooked food for people in this house and the fire alarm has gone off and the food has gone over very well Mm -hmm. we have had other people come in here and use our kitchen to cook a meal for us and the smoke alarm has gone off. Maybe the smoke alarm is our game. You know, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's a dude watching us through through <laughs> through some sort of Bluetooth rig. I don't like it. And, no, because now that's making me think of that other movie we watched where the landlord had cameras everywhere. Oh, thirteen cameras. Yeah, that dude was gross. Yeah, he was. Anyway, I'm gonna get back to the thing I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so after he crashes through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. He crashes into a room full of people who are there for his birthday party. Mm-hmm. How in on it were these people? The housekeeper was there. Was she in on this? 
so I think there's an amount of in on it that you can be without actually having to do a lot of work. Because his brother, who, for as much of a screw-up as he is, has some amount of money. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he did jokingly say that Michael Douglas is going to have to pay for some of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, of, some of this experience. Which he's fine with. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you just go to your brother's work and you say, look, I'm going to do this thing. It's going to last three days. He's not going to get any work done. Um... Here's $50,000. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of just rolls right in with that rich people be crazy. So, again, going back to the housekeeper, mm -hmm. she is, what is that? It's a, it's a little uh, the test thing of Axe for Axe Instinct that I received in some sort of gift bag at one point years ago that has been in the ridge of this <laughs> desk drawer and it clicks very quietly when I turn it so I'm fidgeting with it. Okay. Uh 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 back to the housekeeper. Mm -hmm. She's home when the place gets ransacked and spray painted with psychedelic colors and everything. Yeah. Was she in on it at that point? Again, Sean Penn walks up to old lady says I, we're gonna ransack the house uh stay in your beach house i know that's how it would work but do we think that that's actually what happened absolutely why would she want to inflict this terror on the guy she works for when she seems to love him because sean penn gave her 10 grand theoretically <sighs> right People. or or because because she loves him and if Sean Penn's character goes and says, look, I'm going to do this thing. It is for his own good. Let me explain it to you. If she loves him because she's watched him grow up, right? Which is that the way that that relationship is kind of portrayed. Especially since he didn't have a lot of parental figures growing up mm -hmm. with his dad dying and all. Do we know what happened to their mom? Um, No. I mean, maybe. I don't recall any mention of her at all. She was mentioned briefly, uh, I, I think sort of explaining that the mother and, and the father did not have a great relationship, which again is parallel to his relationship with his ex-wife. But anyway, you explain that you're doing something for, his, for Michael Douglas's own good, she loves him, and she says, Well, you young kids are weird, but I just, I love Michael Douglas, and I... I'm gonna go along with it. Why does it sound like your Winnie the Pooh voice? Because my Winnie the Pooh voice and my old lady voice are <laughs> very similar. Um, okay. So, we've spent a lot of time talking about how I think that this is dumb. Yeah. Do, have I swayed your opinion at all? Sort of walking through my I, understanding of it? I can appreciate your understanding of it. Okay. Don't agree with it. <laughs> That's fine. But you did bring up some things I hadn't thought of before. Um, so I guess so you have somewhat opened my eyes to the fact that there are other interpretations and yada yada. I mean, you have to imagine that a movie with, with this budget, with this director, had to be treated with more care than, let's make a two and a half hour movie about a guy playing a prank on his rich brother. Yeah. But as we saw with Game Night, mm -hmm. you can still make a good, entertaining movie and not have it be to the point where it completely ruins somebody's life. I mean, like, people got killed in that movie, though. Only the bad guys. <laughs> <sighs> Who weren't even connected to the game, we found out. Uh, yeah, so, again... We don't need to talk about that movie. Well, I mean, we can, because, because we, we watched the game with the pretense of let's watch it having just watched the comedy version of it mm -hmm. um i just okay so shifting gears a little bit just because we don't need it to smell like axe in here stop that you're not a 13 year old boy no i'm <laughs> oh, not God. that's not good Yep, it smells like 13-year-old boy in here now. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my god, you sprayed so much. I did. It's a little I, it's a little alcoholy in here now. I wish this was a uh, a 
smell cast. Everybody can smell. Everybody well, go. Okay, we're going to put a, a thing at the beginning of this episode. Before you listen to tonight's episode, please go to the store yeah. and purchase a bottle of Axe, whatever. Or, or steal it. Property is left either way. <laughs> no need and to exchange balloon for it. You have to spray it throughout the entire room and just wallow in it while you listen to us talk about this movie. Um, so you asked, uh, when did the game start? Mm-hmm. I want to know at what point did the game end or was it intended to end? Does the game never end? See, that's a question. And I just want to throw this out there. I'm sorry. I know you were going to say something. (laughs) If you ever wanted to do like a game for me, like you said you would, if you had enough money, Mm -hmm. I would be totally cool with it. Okay. I think that would be so cool, but not like this. Don't make me jump off a building. I'm not going to do it as a way to like make you learn your lesson. <laughs> um, but if it was to this extent and this grandiose and extravagant, mm-hmm. I feel like a part of me would always be wondering for the rest of my life, is the game still going on? <laughs> Unless hmm. it was a much more tame version. And then I'd be like, yeah, that was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. I... I feel, I feel like, because at that point, like, he's, the the way that they play the game is a, a lot of the twists and turns are characters that he's met who just seem like real people mm-hmm. start breaking the fourth wall with him and saying, oh, yeah, no, these people who play the game, you know, the people chasing you are not part of them. They're part of something else and they're bad and whatever. I feel like once you crash through the window and fall on a big balloon, it's really... It's really strong. I'm, Why'd you do that? I made a mistake. Well, because I wanted to just hit it once to, to remind myself what it smelled like, but it didn't, like, come out because I was holding the vial sideways. Mm-hmm. So I'm then I hit it two more times. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... There's no ventilation in it's, here. Yeah, it's not a well-ventilated room. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I, f- I feel like once you see everybody gathered around you and everyone, like, applauds, that's got to be enough. But I do understand what you're saying, that there's going to be some sort of, like, minor PTSD yeah, to this really. experience. Especially since, like, he tried to kill himself and then immediately transitioned into a birthday party for himself. See, that's something I was wondering, too. What if he had bailed out sooner and actually killed himself? Or, you know, like, what if... He shot one of the actors like in an unintended at an unintended moment because obviously the end was planned for them to all be up on the roof. Yes. What if it had happened before that? I think the extensiveness of the planning alleviates that worry because he finds he he finds his gun that he has hidden Mm -hmm. and the actors are like, where did you get that gun? We went through your house. You had no gun. And he's like, oh, yeah, I had it in this, in this one place. And then it turned out that the bullets that were in it were, in fact, blanks. Mm-hmm. I think that proves that at no point would anybody let any sort of real physical harm come to Michael Douglas's character. How would they have stopped him if he wanted to jump off some random roof? Well, because they, see, because they had people watching him all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you sort of understand watching this movie that they just have unlimited resources yeah just anything that you could think of they've thought of it and then three more steps ahead so that's something else too like do you think the entirety of this game was planned start to finish before it even started i think that Yes, but not necessarily linearly. I think I think there was a flow chart somewhere. Mm. I th- I think the psychological profile that Sean Penn gives them, plus whatever he does there, if, if we assume that 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 also came into account that his physical and everything, because one could imagine they were actually taking real data. data mm-hmm. I think they could then plan out. It is likely that he will do this, but he might also do this, and he could do that. And then here's contingencies that are way outside the code that we will do our best to steer him away from. And then so you have, like, three branches, say. 
And then from each of those, it's, okay, so we need to get him from here to here, but he can have different paths. And so if he starts going too far down the left path, rather than the middle path that leads him quickly to the end, we're going to start pushing him. We're going to start making him choose the right paths, right? And and so if you have if you have a clear start point and a clear end point and an idea of what type of person this guy is and then your omnipotent unlimited resources that we assume this company has it wouldn't be that hard to make sure that things happen cuz you'll notice during this movie he has no agency whatsoever mm-hmm. everything he does they have a response to even if it's just saying, oh my god, why did you do that? You shouldn't have done this. Here, you go go put that money over here now, you know? Uh, and that could just literally be, like, what literally needs to happen for them to achieve their goal. And you just have somebody break the fourth wall and be like, oh god, no, now they're gonna come get you. You need to do this. And then they sort of make those choices for him. Mm-hmm. It's like... He he probably should go down this path, but if he goes down this path or this path, we have these contingencies to start pushing him in the right direction. It's sort of like a like an old school play by mail role playing game. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Or as I was thinking, like those uh, choose your own adventure like Goosebumps books. Yeah, <laughs> how he, you can turn to this page if you want to do this, and you can turn to this page if you want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ending's pretty much always the same. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's essentially Dungeons and Dragons, but in real life. Because if you ever listen to one of those podcasts where people are playing Dungeons and Dragons, you can tell when the characters are starting to get off way on the wrong path because the dungeon master will be like, yeah, no, that skill's not going to help you here. It's I like, do not have that life experience. Okay, to so know what they're, that like, is. they're like in a cave, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a stream, and they need to cross the stream. There's no bridge, so they need to. See, so he'll say something like, you see a stream that is too wide for you to jump across, and the water is moving so fast that you definitely can't swim across, right? So, it is different than in real life, you just coming to a stream that you need to cross, and and you look at it and you say, I don't know, I could probably jump across it. Mm -hmm. Even if you try, you'll you'll die. You could think that and try it, but then, you know, you can die or or it brings you you know it sweeps you down into a different cavern where everything is laid out whereas if it were to do that in dungeons and dragons and swing them down to three caverns down for some reason that the dungeon master hasn't had mapped out in his mind that screws with the dungeon master so assuming that it's sort of a dungeons and dragons type scenario you have this omnipotent theater troupe that will eliminate potential choices from him. Mm-hmm. Man, that small lingers. It sure does. <laughs> um, yeah. I think uh, that... See, that's something that I was kind of thinking at the end. Going back to the did it ever actually end thing. Mm-hmm. Like... just how deep does this go like (laughs) like what if it was already going before he even knew it you know i don't know if i'm sure it probably didn't but it could have like the lady at the end could say yeah i'm going to australia uh to uh start a new game but like it could be (laughs) something completely different like she could still like for the length of time that they know each other, she could still be acting or whatever. Like, this dude's never going to have a genuine relationship with anyone again. He's not going to want to get close to anybody. I don't know. Like, yes, that is one way to think about it. But I think the point of the game was to get him to actually want to have genuine relationships with people. Uh-huh. Um... And, and at some point, because... At some point, he has to give up the control and and just understand that this person could just be, you know, taking the piss, as as the the Brits Brits say. Yeah. And and to be okay with that and let that happen. So the dude who I've seen in other things, the dude who gave him the test 
beginning. Yeah. He, I don't know. I just wanted, like, that thing with him being at the zoo with his children, do you think that was, like, scripted? I think it was all scripted. The way I watch this movie is that it is all scripted, 100%. Okay, but, okay. I don't want (laughs) to... So those kids are actors, too. And with the amount of power that that this company displays, I would I would almost imagine that the tiger in the cage is also fake. So it's also you, a dude in a suit. So do you think every single patron at the zoo that day was an actor? I don't think you have to go that far. But this crazy dude going through a mental breakdown showed up at the zoo waving a gun around. What if somebody with a concealed carry license whipped out their very real gun with very real bullets and shot him? There are so many contingencies. Yes. So I think that's why he almost always has one of the actors with him mm-hmm. when he's out in the city. I think if we rewatch it, we will find that that is true 100% of the time. Uh, after a certain point, after he meets Blonde Lady, whose character name is Christine, after Nicholas Van Orton meets yeah, Christine, he almost always has somebody with him or very near to him, including the when he goes to use a payphone, there's a wino by the payphone yeah. and you see him later at the party. Yeah. So even if it's not a person that he's interacting with, he always has at least one person within eyesight, eyeline of him. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's the contingency that he could get hit by a bus because you can't control everyone on the street. But I think that the movie presents that there is his safety in mind all the time as reckless as it may seem i think it's actually very controlled and i'm realizing i sound like that mckamey manor guy oh my god you are (laughs) because that's that's kind of the same thing right that mckamey manor where it's like as soon as you say yes i'm going to do this you're not done until we say you're done we have an end goal for you for the record that dude is also a psychopath he has to be a psychopath. I, I mean, his politics would indicate that that is true. However, enough about those Republicans. Boom. Yes, Republicans are all psychopaths. You no, heard it here first. calm you're, down. You're all emotionless machines who have been fed by Sean Hannity. What are you for doing? For 16 years. Hey. Anyway, sorry. Also, I was kidding. That's, I would that's, that's what don't get triggered. I would Snowflakes. also like to interject here yes. that I really do think that Axe is making me lightheaded. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the just kind of open that door. Good idea. Um, get a little bit of airflow in here. Um, so I can't tell if if because the the second light bulb in that fixture has burned out. Like, I can't tell if it's just darker in here than I'm used to or if it's actually hazy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a psychopath. Did uh, we just do whippets live live on the podcast? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've never done one, so I don't know. I, I haven't either. <laughs> anyway, um, what were we talking about? I don't know. Do you want to do some brief trivia? Yep. Okay, let's do some brief trivia. Some boxers <laughs> She is high. I am not. I am just. <sighs> Let's see. So this was written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris, who John Brancato did The Net, Terminator Three, Surrogates, and Michael Ferris did. Oh, they must be a writing team because they have this all the same credits. So I don't know. I guess that doesn't help me at all. I thought that maybe that would give me some sort of idea. Okay, so trivia via IMDb. Is this uh, recording? 
This is recording. Are you sure? Yes. No. See, the <laughs> reason I don't, I wanted to switch to Adobe Audition is because it actually shows waveforms, but Adobe has decided that even though I paid money, I don't have the licenses I paid for. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but I, uh, what's up? I swear this program used to have the wave thing. Nope. It never has. No. Don't mandala affect me. It totally did. No. It's never done that. That's how come I've gotten burned before. And that's how come every time I stop the recording, if you listen closely, you can hear me gasp a little bit when it doesn't immediately show up because it's <laughs> taking time to render. Anyway, hit me with some trivia. David Fincher claimed in an interview in UK film magazine <laughs> Empire that there is a can of haggis in every scene of the movie. This was done as a joke because haggis is the nickname of cinematographer Harris Savides. Why? Oh, like the job, they're having a little bit of fun. Among the tests that Nicholas is asked to take when he interviews at CRS is the MMPI. This is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, which is one of the most commonly used personality tests in mental health. The test is used by trained professionals to assist in identifying personality structure and psychopathology. So you would assume that they could use that data to decide how they're going to run the, everything. Are you okay? Yes. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, yeah. They should have given that test to the brother. Um. Oh, that was another question I had. What's up? Do you think he actually played the brother? Who played the brother? Do you think the brother actually played the game? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so he is a psychopath. Not necessarily. But he is. Is he necessarily a psychopath? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's a little bit weird. I think that's it. <laughs> I think we better end the podcast here. Because <laughs> Katie is broken. <laughs> I'm not broken. James Rebhorn. Yeah, that guy. That's the guy uh, who played Jim Feingold. Katie, yeah. please, for the love of God, tell me what movie we're watching next week. <laughs> we're going to watch The Big Sick. That's got uh, Nia John, uh, that guy. Kumail Nanjiani. That's the one. You know, every time I see his name written, I say, no one should ever mispronounce that name. It makes so much <laughs> sense. you do. Nanjiani is such a, like, that, that sort of India-Pakistan region, mm -hmm. the, the way that the languages are structured are actually, like, they make a lot of sense. It's a lot of consonant A, consonant A, consonant A, mm -hmm. and then ending with an I. Uh, and I think that those languages are beautiful, for the record. So, do you, do you got anything to, to say? As 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 the music fades up here, you do. I do. Yeah, you're. You didn't. You don't want to give like a like a s summation. You just want me to hit the catchphrase and and dip. Oh. Uh. Wait. What? Um. <laughs> the final the final closing thoughts on on Thug Aim. The brother's a psychopath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. There was some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish it had been done without somebody being a psychopath who is emotionally torturing, torturing their brother. Other than that, great movie. Uh, stellar performances. Cinematography was beautiful. Like, we didn't even get to talk about no, the cinematography. Because I wanted to talk about the whole, like, the effect that David Lynch's eye for, eye for visuals has totally, like, ruined backlighting. Let's talk about it. Roll this music back and let's take on another 10 minutes to this podcast. No, we'll just have to watch another David Fincher movie sometime in the future. But I really want to know. Tell me now. Until next time. Hey, this keep, isn't fair. Keep talking. Hey. Keep sharing. I'm talking. Listen to me. And you keep need to listen. Loving. That's what you need to do. Tell me about well, David Fincher. See you next time. Bye now. <laughs>